On this Sega Talk, we get behind the wheel and take a look back at Sega's first take on a company-wide mascot racer. How did the franchise begin? What characters didn't make the cut? And what's a Bentley Jones? Find out on Sega Talk. SegaBits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Welcome to episode 102 of Sega Talk. I'm Barry, with me is George. Hello, everyone. And on this episode, we are going to be talking about Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. So, <laughs> um, technically, this is actually the third title in the Superstars All-Stars franchise. Um, George, do you know what the first two are? There, Trivia time. There's All-Stars for the PlayStation 2i, and then there's All-Stars Tennis. Those are the two before this one. Very close. Superstars. So those first two, it was uh, Sega Superstars. Right. And uh, then the second one was Sega Superstars Tennis. So they had something going there. They liked it. But apparently, um, I guess maybe, what is that, Smash Mouth? Yeah. All-Star? I guess that was hot at the time, so maybe they decide Superstar was... Superstar is that Molly Shannon, uh, like, uh, Catholic uh, schoolgirl movie, I think. So maybe they were like, let's move away from that. I, um, I'd like to think that someone at Sega was playing All-Star, and they're like, this has to be the name of the next game. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would have chosen. Um so this game, it was released in early 2010 to, at the time, five platforms. It was yeah. it was all over the place. You could not avoid this game. Uh, and those included Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Nintendo Wii, Nintendo DS, as well as PC and Mac. So I guess it's a little more than five. And then down the road, they started to release it to iOS, Android, uh, Java mobile phones, and arcades. So I, I would say this one is probably one of the most widely released Sega games, probably of all time, um, especially within like a year of the release window. So this game actually kicked off its own trilogy of sorts with follow-ups being Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed. Very hard for me not to say Sega there, but yeah, they dropped the Sega. And then finally... Team Sonic Racing, which technically had its own uh, mobile game, which was a little different, called Sonic Racing, which I'm actually wearing the t-shirt for here. And um, we're we're not really going to discuss those two. They'll get their own episode. But this is the one that really started it all. And it's, I would say of all three of them, it's the most pure racer. Um, And it is very notable for bringing back long dormant Sega franchises and so this is the part of the show where George chimes in and plugs our Patreon and tells you some of the benefits go for it George do you want to be an all-star check us oh okay that's it I was just gonna put check us out on Patreon so we have a Patreon for this show if you'd like to support us check us out on patreon.com slash Sega bits there you would see many tiers starting at one dollar 
$5 gives you the video version of this podcast early. If you go even higher, up to $20, you get to pick what we talk about. Um, so, like, That's right. this episode is actually a Patreon pick, for example. That's right. So this one's from Joaquin Branch, and he has his memories, and because he's the picker, he gets his memories right at the top of the show. If you are a Patreon backer at any tier, you can share your memories, and we'll have those at the end of the show. But right now, it's it's Joaquin's time to shine. So here's what he says. He says, oh, he, I always feel like he kicks it off like he's a gentleman, or we're like walking into his lair. He goes, hey, gentlemen. Another month, another game requested by me. Sonic All-Stars Racing wasn't just a Mario Kart knockoff, but a legit competitor in my opinion. I actually played it years after it first released, thinking it was just a clone game and regretted the time I didn't give it as soon as I picked it up. I would always Rio or Amigo (laughs) and fell in love with the drifting mechanic and level design. He spells it LVL. I like that little gamer slang. Uh, I still hope one day to receive a proper sequel that isn't a step back like Transformed was. We're not going to get into that. Oh, I think I have to agree. I told you he's a bad guy. Anyways. (laughs) Anyways, guys, thanks for doing this. So, you know, and he's, he's the Patreon picker, so we're not going to, we're not going to get into that. Um, so seeing as how the game released in early 2010, just weeks after SegaBits.com launched, I think, uh, yeah, literally like a week or two, this was one of the last Sega titles to release where we largely experienced it still as fans rather than fan site writers. So what are your memories of the announcement and lead-up to the release of Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing? Uh, a bunch of drama. I'm, I remember a bunch of fan <laughs> sites were, like, haggling Sega to put their favorite characters. I think the most notable... I mean, I wouldn't say they haggled them, but since Sumo Digital was in the UK and uh, the Knights mm-hmm. fans website, Knights.com, is on, on yep. there, I think they helped get Knights in the Digi game. Digi and tripled, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember all that happening. I remember uh, just a bunch of the speculation of what f- characters were going to be in it, which is kind of insane because, like, I think a lot of the characters I remember were, like, super, like, obscure Sonic characters, which never happened. Mm-hmm. It was more obscure Sega characters for the general public, at least. If you're a hardcore Sega fan, these are all kind of known characters. Um, that's... Right. Pretty much what I remember, and I remember um, reading a lot of Sumo Digital interviews at the time, and then talking about how they loved Sega's arcade racing uh, uh, history, um, and also mm-hmm. being a little disappointed that they had to add Sonic in the title, and they couldn't just leave it Sega, you know, all, all stars right. racing or whatever. So I don't know what what do you remember, Barry? I remember, um, like you said, speculation. Uh, at the time, I don't know what forums I was frequenting, but it definitely wasn't the Segabits forums because they weren't active at the time. Um, and the uh, the cartel was dead. So, you know, we weren't really in, in those forums. Mm. Um, but I was in the Sonic Stadium forums. I was, whenever, like, footage or, or screenshots would come out, I was digging through them, you know, zooming in, seeing what I could see. And so I, a lot of times, was like the first person to pick out 
a certain character in the game, I was like, oh, look at this. This guy is in it. And, oh, look at that. I think that's, you know, like Rystar or something like that. Um, so it was a lot of fun doing that sort of stuff the, back in the day before I had, like, responsibilities, you know, <laughs> so I could just, like, look at screenshots all day uh, and talk about them. That was fun. Yeah, great times. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, it, it was really cool doing that. And just it was... I don't know, like, yeah, there was some drama, but I think it did, it was a little crazy to be like, wait, Knights isn't in this game? Knights yeah. can turn into a car. Like, make Knights the car and then have it being dri- driven by a Nightopian. Like, it's very easy to figure that out. Um, do, do you especially remember? Especially when... I was going to mm-hmm. say, do you remember any of the weird speculation that, like, people were like, this is going to happen and never happen? I... I do have some that I, I think we'll get to okay. in the notes. But um, but yeah, as far as like character racing characters, I think we basically assumed anyone in Superstars Tennis was going to be in it. And yeah. that was incorrect. Um, I think that was kind of the surprise for me. I was like, oh, where's Gilius? Oh, where's... Um, gosh, who else was in that? Uh, oh, man. Oh, like Gum. You know, like there would be female characters or like... Um, very easy alternate characters that they could have done, like Pudding, that they just didn't do, which I thought was like, that would have been easy. You just recolor Ulala's ship and hmm. have Pudding in it, and they didn't do something like that. Um, but talking about the developers, so in our 100th episode, which is just a few episodes ago, we discussed Outrun 2, which was developed by Suno, Sumo Digital. And with Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing... Sumo Digital made their grand return to the world of Sega Racers. Uh, Well, at the time, the game received its fair share of criticism for being a Mario Kart clone. True arcade racing fans and intellectual Sega fans like ourselves knew that Sumo Digital and Sega were pulling largely from the company's long history of arcade racers, most notably OutRun. And well, yes, the game is heavily uh, weapons-based, as we will talk soon, that was actually a late addition. Um, but much of the mechanics are far more in line with what fans have experienced in titles like Outrun 2, Daytona USA. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. So uh, as far as, um, you know, this debate with Nintendo, uh, where do you fall? Because for me, I always pull Power Drift out of my back pocket. Power Drift being a game that predates Mario Kart. It is a kart racer in super scalar graphics. Now it's not a mascot racer, but uh, it technically did become one. Do you remember? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the I, uh, 3DS port, yeah, Japanese only, had a mode where you could play as all of the 3D classics characters, like that. Exactly. After, uh, the Altered Beast guy and Flagman. <laughs> the stuff. best characters, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my opinion, I think it's okay to make a kart racing game. I mean, Sega did have a kart racing game before Nintendo, but let's not even bring that up. Let's just bring up the fact that, like, who cares if they make a kart racing game based on uh, Mario? As long right. as you make it of quality, there could be more than one title in a genre. Like, how many... Zelda clones are there out there and how many other clones of Nintendo games and now I think it's like a dime a dozen to make uh, Mario Kart clones because like Garfield has one um, so 
Uh, Little Big Planet has one. Like, uh, there's so Mod Nation Racing. Like, so many of these games copied kart right. racing, and it's all after I think this game. Like, this game kind of opened up. Oh wait, people are willing to buy something non Nintendo. I feel like, uh, and make a lot of money. Right. I think another argument that could be made is that not everyone owns a Nintendo console, and at the time it was the Wii. You know, so I, I always think there's kind of a bit, there's a bit of gatekeeping going on with Nintendo when it comes to a game coming out that's similar to one of their titles. And to be quite honest, Mario is kind of the king of spinoffs. He has been in every genre possible. So it's it's not fair to be like, oh, Sonic can't Sonic's not allowed to race, he's not allowed to fight, he can't play soccer, he can't play baseball, he can't play golf. Like what can't what can he do if you keep like making the whittling the list down because Mario did it first? He could be a bartender. Um, and, he could be a lawyer. Right. <laughs> it's like the most <laughs> but, boring thing. But the thing is, is that Sega is multi-platform. So really, Sega is bringing, you know, a, you know, Nintendo levels of quality, if not more so, in some cases, to other platforms. So if you're a PlayStation or Xbox owner, this game's a great buy because. You may not have a Wii. You may not like Wii. You may not like Mario, but you're getting a uh, mascot racer that, in my eyes, is not a. It's not a kart racer. Kart racing is very different from, I think, what what this game provides. So, I think there's enough differences there, and I think it draws from a legacy that if you are, you know, hip to Sega and what they can do, you know, you're going to see that and appreciate that. You know, I, I think a lot of Outrun fans look at this game and they go, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Sonic's, yeah. Sonic's doing the Outrun thing. So um, now we've got a bit of concept art here. If you want to throw that up, I think this is pretty interesting. I, I came to this late in um, in my planning. So is this the one with Gilius yeah, so, and Amy and Tails? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Um, Sumo Digital's previous Sega title, which was Sega Superstars Tennis, which we covered on Sega Talk number 37, um, shares much in common with Virtua Tennis, which is a franchise Sumo Digital also was contracted out to work on for Sega. Um, So for the next title in this franchise, Sumo decided to shift to racing based on their experiences with OutRun. Um, early prototypes of the game saw Sonic racing on foot, as well as Eggman um, in an egg pod with legs, and then Tails flying his plane from Sonic 2. and Or the Tornado, I should say, and technically it's Sonic's plane, if you want to get into that. Um, and then Amy would be in a car. So um, right here we're seeing that it's not a vehicle, a vehicular racer, it's a racing game on you know all fronts. Even Gilius Thunderhead from Golden Axe is there, and he's riding one of the chicken leg creatures. So, yeah. it, you know, well, the finished product was bikes, cars, and um, some flying machines. The, the original version was very different. Like, if you can imagine playing this, like Sonic would be so small on screen, whereas Eggman would be massive. It would just be all over the place in terms of size and style. And something that actually comes to my mind is um, Sonic R, which, you know, I know people love that game. We're going to be covering it soon. But actually, one of my complaints about it is that it's partially vehicular and partially on foot, which caused the on foot mechanics to control like a car. Which was very, very awkward, yeah. you know, to, to like 
reverse with a trigger when you're Sonic, when you're really used to just turning around and walking in the opposite direction. It's very odd for Sonic to be walking backwards. <laughs> I, um, I could see it. So, yeah, so what are your thoughts on this early uh, version of the game? And do you think on-foot racing could work if it was refined? I mean, maybe on-foot racing, but I do think being on a vehicle or some sort of like thing that you ride makes sense i i do know that early on when this game was coming out people were like sonic could just run faster than a car and it's like yeah i know but it's it's literally a car yeah. racing game it's like <laughs> vin diesel could just rip this man apart but no he's gonna race him in a vehicle you know what i mean um right but i you, will say you make a great point there yeah, yeah, and I will say, of course, Vin Diesel is awesome. Anyway, I will say, though, this would probably cost too much because if you think about mm-hmm. it, um, they already had to scale back the roster that they wanted to do because they said they had to mm-hmm. hand animate each character. And now they had to also animate each vehicle separately. So like a car, they, there's not a lot to animate. There's just wheels, really, right? A thing right. like the chicken leg, though, you are, it's going to have to run a certain way to look natural. Then Sonic's running animation has to be uh, customized. And then now you're getting into this whole, like, oh, we're spending a lot of time on all this stuff that could just be cars. Right. That's what I think. And I didn't get into it in the notes, but I do not think at the time that Sumo Digital's strength lied in character animations. I think it was wonky, pretty wonky looking in... Um, uh, Superstars Tennis, and it was especially wonky here when they do like the uh, the little victory poses, like outside of Sonic's mouth being centered, which looked weird. Yeah, you know, just characters should just do this. They go, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, it was just very, very weird. So I can't imagine them like having the the skills to you know animate Sonic running <laughs> realistically. I, I, I... I don't know if you have it in the notes, but did you remember, because mm-hmm. I, I used to read a lot of interviews with Sumo at the time, when they talked about Ulala and how they had to redo the animation over and over for her and send it to Japan, and Japan had to approve it. So it's like... I didn't ha- have that, but they were very picky, yeah, and rightfully and so. I agree with that, but like I do think some of these animations they let go were a little dodgy too. And uh, I think mm-hmm. this is early on in Sumo Digital's career. I mean, like lifespan as a developer, that they've gotten a lot better, obviously now. But yeah, they definitely right. weren't yeah. animations doing great animations back then. No, they. I mean, they went on to do Little Big Planet games, which was is almost entirely character animation based. So they definitely have those skills now. And even Team Sonic Racing looks a lot better. Like it, it looks like a proper Sonic game in terms of character animation, say what you will about, you know, the gameplay mechanics, but I, th- I think the, that was there in yeah. full show for sure. Um, the game was showcased at the Summer of Sonic 2009 event with executive producer Steve Lysette and level designer, or lead designer, Travis Ryan on hand to answer fan questions. And that was kind of a common thing. Like you mentioned, they were, they are um, European-based, British, so... You're going to be seeing them, you know, a lot of times showing up at fan events in Europe and interacting with European Sega fans, especially the Knights. 
uh, the yes. Knights crowd, or I should say, like the the two Knights fans that exist that happen to marry each other, which is kind yeah, of funny. That, it's crazy um, that they found each other. <laughs> just the, the only two, right? Ones. Well, I think they were the only. They're only two people who like Knights. I'm just kidding. I like Knights. Maybe I should Knights marry them. Cool. Um, <laughs> Maybe uh, a PlayStation. I don't know. A PlayStation Three demo was available at the event, which was actually identical to a Comic Con demo that had been available earlier in the year. And in November 2009, the DS version made its playable debut at an event in France. So, you know, Steve Lysette, he'll come up a few more times in these notes. He took a lot of time to speak directly to fans. In fact, he still has a Sega Bits forum account, which mm. he had used at the time of this and Transformed, which was really exciting when he would pop up. Um but, you know, do you have any memories interacting with Steve? And what are your thoughts about how Sumo and, I guess, even Sega Europe interacted with fans at the time compared to now? Uh, I think Steve was a really direct with fans. He was uh, always posted uh, and gave people the right things and got people excited for his product. I think... After mm-hmm. this whole like Sonic and Transform, he went a little off off the rails on Twitter randomly, and then he just stopped posting randomly. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. what happened there, but besides that, uh, every other fan interaction I've seen with him during the the promotion of these games has been positive. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember he used to like overpromise a bit sometimes; it got people way too excited. But it was more like he speculated, like we have a big surprise next week. And then it was like, <laughs> Alex Kidd. And it's like, come on. When people were saying stuff like, you know, like super big names. And, you know, a lot of people don't have the most positive right. image of Alex Kidd games in 2010, you know. So, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, do you think Alex Kidd is a big announcement, for example? Well, I think you're talking about Transformed. And I remember in Transformed, yeah. it was a huge deal that he was a Christmas unlock. Very much like how in Christmas nights when you would set your clock to December, the the character would unlock. I recall if you changed your system clock to December 25th, people were playing as Alex Kidd early, um, which was pretty exciting. And so I, I appreciate that. I think he was realistic with fans. Like if something was announced, like I remember Danica Patrick, people were like, and there, he was like, look, this is not coming from it's not taking away from any characters it's not coming from our budget it's a marketing you know budget thing so you know they they had clearly money carved out to have crossovers with you know corporate sponsors and things like that so he was real about that there were other times when he would say like hey we added this character you on our own free time i think it was alex kid that cost no extra money they did that as sort of a gift to fans so he was real. I really like that. Um, I think it's unfortunate that with Team Sonic Racing, I felt like that game was developed and released behind like a wall. Like there was just zero fan interaction, um, yeah. zero hype. There was yeah. never anyone coming to yeah. There, well, there was no one coming to fandom and saying like, "Hey, remember Rainy Savannah? That track in Sonic Drift Two? Well, we're gonna be bringing back." You know, like there was never that. It was just kind of like Ice Stage factory stage not every single character is in the game despite it being a sonic only game you know like where's espio where's charmy like it was just i feel i i'm that i never completed that game too i never 
played every single track. I just stopped caring. I do agree that like the promotion for this and Transformed is like night and day difference from uh, Sumo Digital. Yeah. It's like almost there was no passion between them, uh, between them and that Team Sonic Racing game. And it was more mm-hmm. like corporate was like, these are the characters you put in there, and this is the amount of content we want in it, and that's it. It's like, cool. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about TSR, as we call it. Uh, cool people. But yeah, it's, it's hard not to talk about that game when talking about this, just because it most definitely is a follow-up. It's it's a full-on Sonic game. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So, uh, fans at home, we actually eventually were able to play demos of the game as well, with the 360, Nintendo DS, and PS3 offering up demos prior to release. Um, You know, kind of building off of what we were just talking about, do you think this openness to let fans play the game, both at events and at home prior to the release, is a practice that Sega needs to make a return to? I mean, recall that... Um, some of their more problematic titles as of recent, like uh, Sonic Boom was kind of locked behind events and it would only be like when people like us would go and we're like, it's not very good, guys. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that word would get out. Do you think it shows that they were confident in the game? Yeah, I I do think it shows that they were more confident in the game and I think they had uh, big reasons to be confident because of how successful Outrun 2 was and all the additions they did and them continuing that but with Sonic characters um, I think Sega expected huge things for this game I don't know if it delivered in their expectations but I guess so I mean they got a sequel after this mm-hmm. so and I know that it did really good on PC too so yeah I think uh, they're more confident about this than something like I don't know Sonic 06 I mean not Sonic 06 but uh, Sonic Forces for example so that's right what do you think well I think not only were they confident with this but I think they even upped their game with the sequel because if you recall we actually received an invite to go out and I don't think either of us did but we did have a representative to go out and play Sonic and all-stars racing transformed like a month before the game came out and we had like assets it was the first and only time we were treated like an ign which was pretty cool it's never happened again yeah um so yeah and it just so kind of went up and then with team sonic racing it just kind of went down again for everyone we need team sonic racing too i think right i mean i mean we need transform too i mean sorry i don't know like i i feel like they do need to make a return so, yeah, you know, in, in any way, I mean, like we'll, we'll leave. Yeah, we'll leave it. But, we'll yeah. leave that to them. <laughs> uh, so now we're going to be talking about Banjo Kazooie. So my favorite. Um, before we discuss the content within the game, I did want to talk about uh, some content that was planned but cancel, as well as um, some other stuff. But I figured now's the best time to get Banjo Kazooie out of the way. So. In the lead-up to release, each home console port from the big three console makers, uh, presumably, you know, rumored to have planned guest stars. And so people were saying, oh, who's it going to be? It's going to, oh, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be Mario for Wii. It's going to be Sackboy for PS3. And it's going to be Master Chief for (laughs) for Microsoft. And uh, couldn't be more wrong. Banjo-Kazooie was actually announced to be a guest character 
in the Xbox version, and so here we are thinking, you know, the Wii and PS3 versions are going to be announced soon. Never happened, though. Um, And, you know, a large reason for that is because it all came down to those companies wanting to play nice with Sega or not. And Microsoft and Rare were very open to the idea. They even shared in-game assets and character models with Sumo Digital. And at one point, it was even planned to have Master Chief riding a Warthog. And I don't know if they were going to have both of those. But um, it's interesting that Master Chief was considered. I think... Who would you choose between the two? Who do you think would have been in a more epic edition? Like, let's look at that cover art for the <laughs> Xbox version. It had with Banjo Kazooie. Can you imagine with Master Chief? <laughs> yeah, no, I think Master Chief would have been just the bigger sell back then, just because I think, I mean, the Halo as a brand isn't as big as it was at its you know super height, but there's still a lot right. of hardcore fans. And it would have been pretty funny to uh, play uh, Master Chief in a Sega racing game. Oh, absolutely. I would have loved that. Um, When it came to Nintendo, with the Wii and DS ports, as I mentioned, Mario um, was expected by fans, and he was actually briefly considered, but it was decided by Sega that Mario and Sonic crossovers would be the only place that fans would see those two characters interacting, which, eh, you know... I. Boo. It's kind of a shame. Lame. Yeah. Stupid idea. Um, there were also rumors of Sackboy from Little Big Planet being a possible PlayStation guest character, but nothing came of this, though. Interestingly, like I mentioned, uh, Sumo Digital did end up developing a uh, Little Big Planet game. So, yep. you know, it, it, I, I bet if this game came out a few years later, they that would have been a lock because it would have been a little cross promotion with another title they worked on. Um, so for you, when it came to pick your main console of choice, do you think, did a guest character sway you at all in this decision making? Never, never. Well, I mean, it's cool to have an extra character. I mean, there's only one version that had that extra character on console. So, Mm. but it wasn't a, you know, a break it deal. Like, I feel like, uh, did you ever play as Banjo and and Kazooie? A bit. I thought they were fun. Yeah. I mean, for me, when I look at these games, like whatever, whatever, whatever platform has the best graphics and the most characters and tracks is the winner in my book. So, you know, the 361 definitely edges out the PS3 just because it has the Avatar and it has Banjo Kazooie. That's true. But then it most definitely edges out the Wii because it uh, has better graphics. And then if you're looking at transformed. That one's a little more even when it comes to PS3 and or PS4 and no wait it was PS3 and 360, um, but the PC version had like everything. Yeah, it had, it's um, ridiculous. It even has like um, it, Team Fortress characters. Yeah, it has it has Steam characters. It has Sega Europe PC characters. It has um, weird guest characters in addition to I think Danica, Danica Patrick and Wreck It Ralph and. Like, characters were included there that didn't even need to be. Like, it was almost like, they had like oh, a Rocket Ralph's in that? They had, like, a streamer Okay. <laughs> Yogg's cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, compared to the sequel, this game took it pretty pretty lightly in terms of guest characters. But, I don't know. Like, I, I don't mind it. I mean, they're on the cover. It's a little wacky. I mean, I remember the when I picked this up. The cover is terrible, dude. That co- I hate that cover. When I picked this up, cover. I was like... 
Family it's Family so, Games label. Yeah, it's horrible. Banjo Kazooie. Jesus, that's a monstrosity. Right. Put it asleep. Yeah, they're even <laughs> on the disc. They're even on. They're it's even a, on the manual. That so. is an ugly cover. That's for sure. Like the logo is already kind of is. humongous already. The Sega and you know Sega All Star. Like having Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing. That's already huge, right? It's a mouthful. Now you add right. Banjo Kazooie's logo. And then you, like, add him on the cover? Right. It became a meme at one point. People were, like, adding on with Banjo-Kazooie and Knuckles, you it was know. All featuring uh, Devil May Cry. The, um, fun- featuring <laughs> Funky Kong mode. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, other characters that did not make the cut included Segata Sanshiro, who was going to be um, riding a Sega Saturn, I believe. That was the... Or he would be, like, running with it on his back, I think. Oh, that would have been... Um, that would have been epic. Uh, the character actually went so far as to have concept art created, but no models were built, and I think the uh, issue they ran into were the like likeness rights. Oh, yeah. Um, He's an actor. Though Segata did... He did make a non-playable cameo appearance in the final track, um, for the game sequel, and I think when people rip the assets, he definitely has like kind of a nondescript face, so they could get around that. He's just like a guy, um, <laughs> and he's riding. He if so, I think what it is is if you maintain first place and you get to the uh, on your last lap, you'll see Sega to launch on the rocket um, mm. from the uh, start finish line. So that's kind of fun. Um, the another character that did not make. Uh, the cut is Toe Jam and Earl. They were also planned, but disputes with the character's creator, Mark Vorsanger, led to the crossover being scrapped. It wasn't until fans spoke out and Mark realized what the game was and who was behind it that he had a change of heart, but it was too late. However, interestingly, Toe Jam and Earl did make an appearance, or were going to make appearance, in uh, Sega Heroes mobile game, however, the game was canceled right before their planned appearance oh. was going to take place. And that's crazy and, because um, uh, Toe Jam is kind of making yeah. a comeback right now, right? Or at least trying to. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. Isn't it weird that in the last like five years, a bunch of brands that you thought were dead are coming back, like Bubsy and, and Toe Jam and Earl? For sure, yeah. Toe Jam and Earl has. You know, on the game front, it's kind of dried up, but they have a cookbook coming out. They have a... I actually got this from um, Limited Run Games. They have, like, a card-based game. You, did you see that? It's like a board game. It's kind of cool. All right. Uh, so, you know, not dead. And I think if they did make a third All-Stars Racing game, they, should they be would probably it. be in it. Yeah. Um, and then in a 2020 retrospective with this uh, super obscure website called Mega Visions, I, Mega I think I'm pronouncing Visions. that right. Oh, Mega Visions. Visions. Um, with our guys, yeah, something like with that. With our guy friends over there at Sega Nerds that run the magazine. Oh yeah. There you go. Um, I gave him a plug. regretted. They did a good job. Yeah, you did. Okay, you did it. Uh, said actually, he regretted not having a Yakuza presence, which I think in hindsight would have been very smart now it, it would have happened like 100 percent, absolutely no question it would have been 100 mandated and i think the reason for their omission was one sega didn't think they had a western presence two they thought it was a gritty realistic gta in japan clone which it most definitely isn't nowadays it would be um uh you know they have a their own little kart racing mini game it would have been that 
and it would have been done, and everyone would have been happy. But I mean, oh well, I agree. Um, I think that Steve Lysette, since he's doing this in 2020, is saying he wishes in hindsight, maybe like. I doubt he was, like, super pushing to... He said they were on the short list, though. So he said they made a list of 100 characters that they wanted to either be playable or making cameos or maybe even appearing as, like, achievements. Because if you recall, the achievements for this game are, like, insane fan service, but they're just achievements. Um, And, yeah, Yakuza most definitely was on that list, but just didn't make the cut, which is, like I said, insane because they've blown up. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like number two to Sonic, basically. It's crazy. Um, it's actually kind of crazy how like crazy. how much more popular they are. I don't think that's actually normal for a lot of franchises to go backwards like that. So mm-hmm. good for them. No. Um, another one we have here we have concept art. So if you want to pull up Gilius, oh Gilius Thunderhead here. I like his beard. Um, he looks like Santa. So as previously <laughs> mentioned, the test version of the game had Gilius Thunderhead from Golden Axe. Um, but the character was scrapped for unknown reasons despite previously appearing in Sega Superstars Tennis. He would appear in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed along with another planned but scrapped character, which is Vice from Skies of Arcadia. So those two almost made the cut but didn't until the sequel came. And if you recall, the uh, Skies of Arcadia creator actually watched footage of the uh, track in Transformed in like, cried <laughs> oh so, really he's like oh. or a little tear you got a little misty he's like this is what my game would look like in hd oh my god I know. Um, it'd be beautiful i we should all be crying you talked you talked about this so one um late major win for fans uh of knights was that knights from knights into dreams um which was not going to appear at all in the game actually got a late edition as the flagman so Knights is there kicking off each race, waving the flag, and it wasn't until the sequel that Knights returned as a full racer, and his job as Flagman was taken over by Ristar, Rystar, whatever Should have you been Flagman from Outrun 2. That's literally his job. He's literally known right. as the Flagman. But if they ever make a third game, I will say, they should let you select right. the Flagman. Like, you could select your own well, Flagman. I think it's smart, though, to pick a flying character, especially for Transform, because some races start in the air. So if you can imagine Flagman with, like, a jetpack, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's when you'd have Jaguar from Space Channel 5 there kind of floating with a little flag. He's black and white. He looks like a flag. Just wave his body around, <laughs> Just shake maybe. it? Just wiggle? Um, yeah, he could just shake his ass. <laughs> um, of, of the planned but scrapped characters, who do you wish you had seen in this game and do you like the idea of just rosters in general like swapping characters out or would you prefer that the all-stars titles from tennis to this to transformed like always build on the cast and maintain previous characters what do you prefer i don't mind them swapping them out depending the reasoning sometimes there's characters that i don't feel that work out that well like in my opinion I think the redesign for Alex Kidd in the other game is atrocious, for example. Um, So sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it does work. Um, So I don't mind them swapping them out. I do, and I don't mind them even doing, like you said, clone characters where Shadow, like Sonic 
has a bunch of alternative like classic Sonic, but he he moves exactly like adventure uh, modern Sonic. But as long as you have more choices, right. I'm okay with that, you know. Or having Shadow look like move like Sonic, I guess a bit. I guess all he really does is uh, cross his arms, right, and look grimacing. So no animation there. He skates, yeah. right? <laughs> well, when he's running. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, like, I don't mind them using animation to bring more characters in. Um, if that was the question you were asking. And the other one, uh, as far as which character I wish was still here, I mean, Vice from uh, Skies of Arcadia is an easy one. I wish... And one that people said that was supposed to be in Transform that I believed was a transforming vehicle of Fantasy Star characters, but every time you transformed, it was a different era. Like, oh, that would have been yeah. awesome. No, of course, that never happened. That's too I. I think fantasy star any RPG characters is it's just a shame that none of those uh, that none of that genre is like accounted for in this game. Thankfully, Vice is in the sequel, but yeah, I, I think I mean if I'm gonna be like adding a you know a handful in, I would definitely say fantasy star presence, even like a rappy, oh, like yeah. a rappy bird. I think driving a. Um, a car that looks like, I don't know, like an item box. You know, like something goofy. That's fine. That's fun. Rappies are kind of a franchise character. Um, they're kind of like the, what, like the Moogle of the Fantasy Star franchise. Oh, easy. Um, yeah. And then Vice, Gilius, I think they should be in every single game. Um, and then, you know, like as mentioned, uh, a Yakuza character I think would have been a huge win. Um, and it's unfortunate, too, that Bayonetta never made the cut. Now, Bayonetta was a 2010 title as well, so she was in no way considered for this game, but Transformed, she was, and just never happened, and I think that's a big loss. I think Bayonetta would have been an awesome character, and honestly, as much as I liked Ryo Hazuki and like the Transforming Arcade Cabinets, I think it would have been a lot cooler to have Bayonetta like transforming from Harrier, like actually holding the little thing when she flies, to like, I don't know, like actually driving a motorcycle, like in Hang On, and then actually, um, you know, riding a boat, like in I don't know, Bayonetta, like a Bayonetta boat. I don't know. She does have the demons um, she could summon from hell, so she could use that. That's true. That's something good for that's the kids. True. I'm, I'm. Now let's get to the. Sorry, go on. Mm. I was going to say mm. I'm, it's crazy no, that ahead. Nintendo used her in Smash, and she literally summons demons. But they also use Persona, which is also about, like, has demon possession, too. So I guess they don't care about that. So Japan's cool with demons. That's all I'm saying. I am, too. (laughs) Well. Hail Satan. (laughs) Um, All right. (laughs) uh, So now let's look at the meat and potatoes. Let's look at the roster itself of characters. I'm actually... uh, bringing up the wiki article because I want to know the names of the cars. I want to go that deep the, the, into the this. The cars so first had up, names? Why? Oh. Hell yeah. We have lore, You ready too. for this? So first up, <laughs> we have Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course, he's going to be in this game. He is driving the Speed Star. Look at that sweet it, little buggy. It looks like one and, of those like, uh, toy beds you would buy as a kid back in the 90s. It kind of does. Um, And his all-star move is supersonic. Now, the speed star here is actually pretty important because this car has appeared in three games now. It also 
um, at the time when the Archie comics were going on, it became Sonic's like car. Like he owned this car in the comics. So, you know, and then in within the game universe, this is his car. So, so you know, he's got the tornado. This is he's a, got the speed star. Officially his car. Yeah, and it also was in Lego Dimensions too. He could drive around in wow. it. So um I don't know, pretty cool. I like the speed star. I think it's a fun little it's like his Batmobile. You know, it's kind of you know fun. how they make those little like go karts for kids. You know, when you, with like their mm. battery powered. Have they ever made a Speed Star car like that? They have. Oh, they have. Okay, that's pretty cool. Well, not for kid, not like Power yeah, Wheels, not, not huge. That's what but I'm they saying. have made for kids. They have made RC cars, but or for, it's time for the Power Wheels. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, next up we... for big adults. I mean, I mean for for children adults. I mean, big adults. Big adults. That's what I meant. <laughs> Big children, human children, adult children. Sorry. Uh, let's talk about Tails next. So Tails oh is God, here. For some He's reason, riding yours. Uh, your thing. Your pictures skip directly to mm. Amigo. So can I get the link that you're looking at so I can see the pictures on there? Oh, I'm just looking at my photo library i don't know why amigo is the first one mm. he's number 10 oh that's because your numbering is probably going mm. one sonic one zero amigo i see i have to find okay i found tails we are looking at him all right so tails here he is in the tornado racer and his all-star move is the tails tornado so this thing this is like the I guess this is like his third or fourth tornado that he's owned. This one's lame. And this one's, I don't know. I've never really been a been a big fan of this design. I don't like the stubby wings. I think it looks really weird. Looks lame. Um, it does look kind of lame. Yeah. I, I think in the sequel they actually did a better job with his vehicle. But this one just, it doesn't really do it for me. I wish it was red, to be quite honest. I think there's just way too much orange. But... You know, the way they did this, and you saw it with the Speed Star, is that the vehicle was an extension of the character. So rather than do a nice color that complemented their, like, fur or skin color, you know, you see this big orange thing, you're like, oh, that's Tails up ahead in his big, ugly plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that monstrosity up there, that's Tails. Um, exactly. It reminds me of the Outrun 2 SP uh, cabinet where you're like, oh, that's cool, but uh, I wish it was red. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it looks bulky. It looks bigger. I, I like the original better, but I, I understand why they made it yellow and they redesigned mm -hmm. it. But yeah. Next up, we have Amy in the pink cabriolet, and her all-star move is the Pico Hammer. This one's cute. It kind of evokes her car from uh, Sonic R. I think it's fine. I have no issue with it. I, I like that it's like a little buggy with a, a tire on the back, like I an love old it. Volkswagen. Yeah, I like um, it too. I kind of wish it had a like a cartoon face, like her old car did. But you get a little bit of that from the headlights. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, I, I dig it. I, I actually think her later vehicles were kind of a downgrade from this. I, I think this one's fun, and I wish I raced as her more. I might revisit this game and play as some of the characters i just avoided at the time yeah but um i like it too yeah. i i like the little like ears it looks like little like her ears but on the car right above the headlights i think that's pretty cool i like mm -hmm. the little heart amy on the front um so yeah this is a this is a good one 
I still don't like modern Amy's uh, dress design, but that's cool. I mean, the car is nice. Well, now here comes Knuckles illegally driving down residential streets in his uh, in the Land Breaker. Um, this one's pretty funny. I like that it has his knuckles on, on the hubcaps and it even put his name on the tires, like Knuckles brand tires. It's oh. kind of funny. <laughs> they should yeah. they should yeah. have had something else as a brand, but, I mean, do you think Knuckles makes his own tires? I, I mean, what, he has nothing else to do on the floating island, so. <laughs> I guess yeah. it does make but sense. But this, this one's fine it's a little alien looking like the front of it. it it doesn't really feel like an extension of knuckles outside of i like that the um the little like i don't know what his shoes are made of like i don't know if that's rubber or metal or lego little, like, it's legos divots. yeah like the legos on his <laughs> yeah. feet but they extend to the back of the car which i think is kind of cool so i i'm mixed on it but overall i think it's fine it i think like- it makes sense that he would be on something like this it looks like he's uh, riding a cricket, like a giant red cricket, um, to me, or like a mantis. It kind of does, yeah. Well, it looks so, like an alien face, doesn't it? Yeah, it's weird. Um, I would have, I don't know, what, what would Knuckles drive if he drove a vehicle? Like, I feel like he would drive a big truck, I don't know why, or something with some power behind it. Not a little Dinsky, like, dirt bike, I don't know what this is, four-wheeler? yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I just... Well, I know I know what Eggman would drive. Let's oh. check out this beast. So next up, we have Eggman in the Egg Monster. That is obviously... I absolutely love this vehicle. I love that it's a monster truck. I like how huge the ve- the wheels are, and it looks like something straight out of like Sonic Two in terms of like a boss vehicle. Yeah. Um, I'll admit I did not race as him all that much because he was such a big beefy monster on the mm. on the track but yeah. Yeah, yeah still i like it i like that his all-star move had him convert to like a flying machine which was fun best um, one though yeah what's that i think this is probably the best one i think out of all the vehicles so far i think out of all like the original vehicles this is like up there just because it's i mean it makes sense to put him in his egg pod and then the fact that he's a monster truck is just ridiculous so I, I definitely give a thumbs up to this one, but you you said it was the best one, but let's go to the next one, which I think is a winner. And this, and I'm not doing this for like the meme. This is Big the Cat, and he has the green hopper. I love his tiny little froggy motorcycle. I do too, I actually. I think it's, it's adorable. And this is at a time when people hated Big. This is at a time when Takashi Azuka would like make the inter- interview rounds and be like, I don't know why Big's in this game. He will never be in a Sonic game again. I hate Big. And now here we are in the year of our Lord 2022. And in Sonic Frontiers, Big the Cat is going to have a fishing mini game. And I cannot wait. So, Big you know, this was kind of my... Big is back. Big is back. And this was actually, when I, when I would race as Big, he was my... Um, I don't know what the term is, but like the character you race as and beat other people to frustrate them, like oh. to piss, piss them off that they lost a game to Big the Cat. Exactly, like your uh, show <laughs> you it know? off character. I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, I agree. This is a good character to uh, beat He's... people with. Like uh, Pete the Puppet in Power Stone 2. Like no one liked Pete the Puppet, but then when you keep getting beat by Pete the Puppet. <laughs> <laughs> it's insulting. It is insulting. Yeah. Um, 
Moving on, this one, I mean, is a no-brainer. So we have Shadow the Hedgehog on the Dark Rider. And this is him straight out of Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. I think it it's fine. It works. It's in-universe. The design of the, sh- the bike is cool. It's got his little weird logo on there. So what do you think about? You know, I've never uh, been a huge. Sh- yeah, what do you think about mm. him riding a, a motorcycle? Like that whole aspect of his character. It's silly, but it works. I can't imagine him riding anything else if we were going to give him a vehicle. Um, I know he had other vehicles in his own game, but this was the most iconic one. Mm. And you know, it's cool. It works. I'm I'm not a. I'm not a huge Shadow fan, but I'm not a Shadow hater. It's just that, for me, like this kind of evokes an era of the character that I'm not a huge fan of. So that's why I'm kind of like, eh, about it. Um, but, you know, he, he's looking at me. He looks kind of pissed off, so I want to move on. Um, here we go. <laughs> this is what you were originally going to show us, right? No, this is I I. Beautiful um, I I. He is driving in his blazing banana. And talk about a character who is also having a renaissance. Like, uh, Monkey Ball has had kind of a revival here. Sega social media plays him up. There's um, fan pages that, like, tweet memes. Monkey Ball memes. The best one I saw recently was the Better Call Saul logo, but it was Super Monkey Ball. Um, (laughs) Pretty great. So, yeah, I... For me, like, if you're going to do a mascot platformer Sonic thing, I.I. needs to be there. He's been there since the start. Like, they do a Happy Meal. I.I.'s there for no reason. Yeah, they that's do crazy. a uh, They do a combo cart, and it's like a Sonic game, and I.I.'s there for no reason, <laughs> you know? Definitely. He's, like, almost, like, number two to Sonic, and he's not even a Sonic team game if, if so netflix used him as, in sonic prime as a character i'd be a-okay with that like write him into the sonic universe oh, absolutely 100 yeah. percent okay and you know i i i i like like i i so moving on we have oh boy don't can we skip him? <laughs> yeah we can we can Billy Hatcher. <laughs> Just kidding. And is we like have Billy Hatcher. Nobody asked in the for racing this. rooster. Doesn't he have like a hundred <laughs> levels too in this game? Like literally, like seventy five percent of the game's tracks are Billy the <laughs> no. Hatcher tracks. No, no. probably ninety five percent. He's not Sonic the Hedgehog. It's not Billy the Hatcher. But yeah, you're right. He has three tracks. That's which a lot. Is three more than he deserves. Yes. Um. So from what I heard, the Steve. And some of the sumo guys are fans of Billy Hatcher. Why? But let's be 100% honest. This game came out close to 10 years after Billy Hatcher plopped, you know, plopped <laughs> on, into our laps. It was not a game that really got anyone's attention. The character himself never caught on. It was best left forgotten, if I'm quite honest. Like, if Nights into Dreams did not get a, a, a racer and tracks... Why did Billy Hatcher? And look at that stupid vehicle. It looks stupid. It looks so lame. <laughs> I agree. It looks like, uh, you know... Uh, what is that red thing? Is that a windshield? What is that? It's so stupid. It looks like, um, you know, Polka Dot Man, when he uh, has all the polka dots on him in Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, you know what? You, you just offended all three of the Billy Hatcher fans that listen to the show. So hope you. Do you think enjoy- they're married to each other? Probably, or at least they've you know they mouth kiss openly. So whatever, <laughs> it's cool. You guys like Billy Hatcher? All right. You got big webos. <laughs> let's let's cleanse our palate. Next up, we have Amigo in the Sun Buggy, and oh, I love Amigo. I think this vehicle is pretty cool. It looks like a maraca, a little bit, um, mm. and it looks like a monkey. The front so, has like a face, you know. No, yeah, and then the back has like a little handle or something mm. like that. So, what do you think that thirty-eight means, though? I was trying to figure that out. Is that anything? I I don't know. That's a good question. If we ever thirty-eight, I have no idea. I can't think of anything. You're the. Where's he from? Is he from Brazil? No, he's from Mexico. Look at his hat, dude. It's obvious, right? <laughs> joking, I don't know. I'm just saying know. stuff. I don't know. I, I don't think it means anything. I think it's just a number. Maybe it's Steve Lysette's like favorite number. Um, so the next racer we have here is Ulala, and uh, you know her vehicle. It's extremely tiny. <laughs> yes, it is. Not too memorable. There wasn't even a render of it. I had to pull a screenshot. Beautiful. Um, I, you know, the interesting thing is that. When they do bring characters into these games, often between games, they will alternate designs. So I do believe in Superstars Tennis, she had her orange Space Channel 5 Part 1 outfit. And in this game, she has her silver Space Channel 5 Part 2 outfit. Also, Knights um, between Superstars and the Transformed, I think, appearance. They altered games, and then Jet Set Radio was Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future. What do you think about that practice? It's kind of they're gonna they're gonna run out quick of outfits to change them to with some of these franchises, right? Like, oh, <laughs> right. Uh, what are you gonna do after you know if they make a Sonic All Stars Racing Three? What are you gonna do for Beat if he's gonna make a new design? Would you right. be okay with that if they redesigned him as a new future look? Like Jet Set Radio, future, future. No, no, like they. No, I'm saying like they like. Let's say like a, a character like Beat. There's no third version. Will you be okay with them making an you know, alternative sumo digital version of Beat? I think that would be kind of weird. Maybe having like um, selectable characters, like the look, would be pretty cool. Like classic Beat and future Beat in the next one would be pretty cool. I think. Now, well, before we get to beat, I got to point this out. So the name of Ulala's vehicle was kind of controversial. Uh-oh. It's called the Astroglider, which um, for those in the know, Astroglide is also a lubricant, a oh. sexual lubricant. So, well, it fits with the character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, next up, Jet Set Radio, we have Beat in his De La custom ggs which is just such a wacky name for the vehicle but basically i like it his vehicle is referencing de la jet set radio which was a revision of the first game released in japan which had um a lot of the fixes that they did for the american version and then ggs is of course the name of his gang uh gang so yeah and they went with the jet set radio future design here yeah um I like it. I actually really like the Jet Set Radio Future tracks because they pulled some characters, some GG characters and cop characters, 
that you can see when you drive past them. I thought that was kind of fun. Um, I, I think his vehicle's pretty cool with all, all of the like built-in sound system. Like it fits with the character. It also um, kind of looks like uh, the character, like the car looks like. Have you ever seen these like new like uh, wannabe retro arcade racing games that they released? They're like uh, fake Saturn graphics. I think like Drift Stream is one of them. But they like the character. The cars are usually designed to look like this, so they're definitely ahead of their of the time of their time right here, with the design of yeah. yeah. So that's I like it, but it's weird though because, like we said with Tails, the car's yellow because he's yellow. With Beat, he's primarily green, but the car is orange. Do you think that works? I mean, it kind of matches his T-shirt, but yeah, it, it was a little weird to have it go like all orange for the car, and it's huge too. It's probably one of the larger vehicles. Yeah, the character kind of gets lost in it. Um, you would actually see Beat in his Jet Set Radio design in the sequel in a much smaller like buggy or little like vehicle, which actually I think was better because you could see the character. Mm. Um, after that, we have Beatty Joe, and. Uh, He's driving the crazy taxi. That's the name of his taxi. I mean, it's pulled straight from the game. Yep. Nothing really new here, but this one was it doesn't easy. have to be. What do you think of that, like, they put crazy taxi in this game? Were you surprised at that one, at least? I'm. I, it made total sense to me. Like, it actually, once they did this, I was like, why don't you just pull every character who drives a vehicle for their game in it, this game? Like, that's what I thought, too. Outrun guy... You know, like Outrun guy and Daytona, the Hornet. Like at that point, you're like, just do them all. But they they really didn't. And I'm trying to remember, was he in Transformed? I don't think so. Maybe I might be wrong, but I don't think he was. I will say though yeah, this but, that that um, mm-hmm. one of the reasons some of the characters didn't make this game was because Steve Lifeset said that their art style didn't match the other cartoon characters. So having characters mm-hmm. like this was always kind of weird. It's like you you're you're saying that you don't have these other characters because they don't match the art style, but like Crazy Taxi doesn't match the art style of this game. It's not a Sonic type game, right? It's literally just guys that are kind of wacky and they drive taxis. That's it. That, that that's Crazy Taxi. But yeah. Right. And BD Joe was in Transform. Okay. Uh, I'm remembering now. He had a fan boat when it turned into a a, a boat. So, yeah. Um, Did he have his sequel design? Following that. Or was he in the sequel? No, right? No, I mean, he had no sequel. Because the yeah. sequel, the, the strange thing was, is they kept with BD Joe despite Crazy Taxi having like a dozen characters. Uh-huh. And I honestly think it might have been to kind of check the diversity box because there really aren't any African-American characters in the game outside of him. Um, um, and it's also an area that Sega is kind of lacking in general. I, I mean, do we've, agree. we've talked about it in past episodes. Like when yeah. they have a, a black character, it's often a stereotype, unfortunately. Like it's the big burly black guy. Who's big, Bo! Big, Bo! <laughs> you know? um, big Bo! Big Bo! Yeah, I was going to yeah. say... Um, so. No, and I, honestly, whenever I talk about Crazy Taxi online, uh, BD Joe is always the one that a lot of people consider their favorite or they remember. Mm-hmm. So I think having him included in games like this has helped his popularity as a Crazy Taxi character, at least. So, 
I think it's a good thing. So that's I, I like it. Yeah. Next up, we have this is the weirdest one I think. It's Zobio and Zobico, and who the hell are these guys? Well, they are what? from House of the Dead EX, which was a Japanese exclusive arcade game that was a series of mini games using characters and locations from the House of the Dead. That game never re- received a Western release. However, there were um, tests done. I believe on cruise ships, of all places, where people encountered this game fully localized. So there is an English version that exists. However, what what happened was they wanted House of the Dead to have representation to the point of having tracks in this game. However, they wanted something that would be cartoonish rather than, you know, guys in suits with guns. Um, and so they pulled from these characters, which it's it's a... It's a strange deep cut because at the time House of the Dead EX was relatively new, but not well known or even beloved then or now. Um, yeah. So. Granted, I think I think they're interesting character designs. I think they actually could be popular if the game was brought over here. But what I find so interesting is that House of the Dead is not referenced in the game. It's called Kyrian Mansion, um, and at other times I think they just call it HOTD. So. Yeah, I mean, I I want House of the Dead representation in this game, but I don't think I wanted it like this. Like, uh, what do you uh, think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it would have been interesting to have the House of the Dead two characters, but with like a Dreamcast backpack and keyboards, and like when you're driving, right. they're like typing stuff, and then like words pop up while you're driving in the front, like little funny jokes. That would have been better mm-hmm. than uh, having this because yeah. at least people remember Typing of the Dead more than they remember this game that never came out in the United States. Um, I don't even think right. people in Japan and... probably remember this game. At least not more than <laughs> Typing of the Dead or House of the Dead 2. That's that's for sure. Now there is kind of a fun little thing going on. So um, Steve said in an interview that if you play through all of the House of the Dead tracks it looks like they're planning a party and then the finale is it's actually their wedding that's being planned at Kyrian Mansion. So when you get to the end of the um, third and final House of the Dead track, you'll see a wedding being set up, which is kind of a fun little like in-universe story going on. So I appreciate when they do that. I think that's fun. And that's actually something that kind of carried over to All-Stars Racing Transformed where they started to tell little like narratives as the race was going on. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. The, I'm, I'm kind of split on these two. Um, uh-oh, here we go. Next one, big guy. So this this was huge at the time. This was massive. And nowadays, when we talk about that, it seems weird. But Ryo Hazuki, Shenmue's Ryo Hazuki, appearing on Naoyuki's bicycle or motorcycle, this was massive. Do you remember at the time when this happened? Oh, yeah, I pretty much couldn't believe it and it was still at this moment where people were still like expecting a shimu 3 and they like it was gonna look exactly like the dreamcast version but a third one i remember this really gave shimu fan sites like ears and ears of things to talk about and rumors to discuss that never happened obviously um but yeah this was pretty big right because it was the first time we've seen ryu since what two really yeah or maybe it was his first appearance really since like 2000 
Well, what the Xbox One came out in what two thousand two? I want to say. Yeah. So, yeah, it was eight years since he appeared in the game, and then after this, I think it was um, Project Cross Zone mm, yeah. two that he appeared, and then it was Shenmue three. So huge. Um, yeah, he did not have that many appearances, and it was really kind of it almost felt like Sega forgot the franchise. So to have this happen was huge. And then on top of that, and we'll get to it, Rio had DLC, which actually kind of doubled your <laughs> doubled your Rio. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that he was in the game. You know, I mentioned earlier how RPGs did not really have much show in the um, in the roster. So to you know, closest thing was a free F R E E game. Featuring Rio. What do you think about his um, uh, model here? Because like uh, Shimmy Three, talking about the model was probably one of the biggest things we did when it was being released. Do you think they nailed mm. this at least? I think the renders looked nice. I think the in-game model was a little wonky with the character animations, but I think they actually perfected it in Transformed. Mm. It was just a shame that Transformed was DLC and did not appear on all platforms. Lame. I don't think uh Yeah, I don't think he was in like the 3DS version. I don't know if he was he was in the console versions, I think. Wasn't he? God, I can't was remember it. anymore. Um but yeah, so next one we have I think was a very interesting addition was um not just Akira Yuki, but also also Jackie Bryant in the same car, which appears to kind of evoke Outrun a little bit. Yeah, Akira is the girlfriend character. (laughs) Exactly. But what's interesting is Akira largely just sits there with his arms crossed, and the only time he really does anything is when it's the all-star move, and he jumps out and does does his move to hit it with his elbow. (laughs) Uh, the vehicle is called the Red Lightning, and I don't, I mean, uh, Patrick, you know, Corey Maru isn't here, so he can't, like, regale me with, like, weird, weird, like, uh, lore about um, Jackie Bryant. But I know he is a race car driver in the games, and yeah. I, I'm sure they've had him drive an OutRun-style car at some point, but... Yeah, what what do you think about their inclusion? For me, it kind of scratched that outrun itch. Like, if I wanted to kind of feel like I'm playing an outrun game, I'd pick them. I feel like, uh, yeah, no, I think what happened was that they wanted Jackie because he's the race car driver, right? And then Sega's like, no, but mm-hmm. you have to have Akira in the game because he's literally the mascot of the game. So this is their compromise right. where he's just standing there doing this cool little, like, grim look. I, I kind of wish that it was his sister that he was driving with and she was more animated. But, like you said, mm. they already had issues with the whole uh, animation. So probably adding more animation on their uh, list wasn't a good thing. So I guess this works. And I do agree Akira's the most recognizable virtual Fighter character. Um, so, you know, yeah, that's fine. I like it. Yeah, and you know, I... I... Didn't bring it up yet, but in the um, DS version, they actually, any characters that had, any vehicle that had multiple characters, they whittled it down to one. So um, for Zobio and Zobika, Zobiko, it was only the male in the in the car for Kyrian Mansion. For uh, this, it was only, let me see if it'll show up on the screen, it was only Jackie Bryant. Nice. In the car. 
and then um, and well. When, when we get to the other ones, I'll mention it. But it's interesting that Akira actually didn't, didn't make the cut for the, uh, the handheld version there. I actually really like the graphics um, of the DS version because it reminds me of playing on a Sega Saturn or like an old Sega console. It does. Yeah, so it's cool. It does. Yeah, it's like Saturn Shenmue. Yeah. It's the closest you're ever going to get. Yeah. Um, now... We we talked about two characters in a car. How about four? No. So this is Choo Choo Rocket. That's a van. In the Choo Choo <laughs> Rocket. And uh, George, you know these guys. These these memorable, memorable characters. Name them off I'm right not gonna, now. What are I'm not going to name because I'm not going to be able to. I think we even... you. Oh, you, come on. It's You even asked me this when we did the Choo Choo Rocket episode and I couldn't do it. And now you're doing the quiz again. It's Chua. It's Chua, Chube, Chupi. And Chewbacca. Oh, of course, Tupac. I remember him. Always. <laughs> and uh, in the DS version, it's only the blue one, Chewie, who is um, in the rocket itself. And these guys, I believe, only appear in the manual. I could be wrong, but they represent the four player colors. They're kind of, I think, the pilots of the ship. You never see them in the game. Dreamcast, um, uh, but uh, are they? Kind of a deep cut. But pretty cool. Like, are, yeah. aren't they like uh, the co- colored after the buttons on the Dreamcast controller, the front-facing ones? They, they kind of are. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. But yeah, when you when you do four-player mode, those are your rocket rocket uh, pilots. Um, okay, next up, I think are my some of my personal favorites in the game. The most obscure one. Now, Bonanza Brothers. What's that? These are the most obscure ones. Like the, nobody knows who these are. It's surprising, right? That's what's so. F- well, what I love about them, and what I like about uh, the Smash Brothers games, even though I don't play them, I love it when like Mr. Game and Watch appears because it very clearly, even if you don't know what Mr. Game and Watch is, it very clearly evokes a retro game. And so when you see that, you're like, oh, they clearly are representing something from like the '80s. And they are. So Bonanza Brothers, of course, very popular uh, Sega arcade game that made the jump to the uh, Genesis Mega Drive. And they also appeared in a series of um, puzzle and action games. But here, Robo and Mobo are in their uh, getaway wagon. And um, I'll be quite honest, like, I think their all-star move was super, like, creative probably the most creative one because they go up in a blimp and you get to like throw bombs at people oh, yeah um and then on top of that they handle incredibly well for me like i can race so well with them they're like my i don't want them to be my main but they just ended up being my main there's there's something about the balancing on them that just makes them perfect for my type of uh i think because i really like drifting mm. and so i I'm pretty sure they boost very quickly when they drift, so big big thumbs up for the Bonanza Boys. Bonanza Bros need they need to make a comeback. In in a way. I mean Sega has a lot of franchises, probably more obscure, but I really like the old games, so it's cool mm. that they added them here. I really like the car here. It looks cool. It's very surprising. And this is what makes this game still worth playing, like these little obscure characters. Um, and something that makes right. other games like so Sonic Team Racing uh, forgot forgotten basically. 
And you can see here on the DS one, it's only Mobo as the racer. Surprising. So there he is, all alone. Um, now next up we have Alex the Kid. Look at this atrocious, himself. atrocious redesign. I think it's better than his tennis design, though. If you look back at that, it's pretty bad. Um, but here he is in his uh, Sukopako motorcycle, and he also has his pedicopter as the all-star move. So, I mean, it makes total sense to throw him on these vehicles. They were in his original games. It also is makes total sense to include him in the game because he predated Sonic as sort of a mascot character for the company. And so... I have no issue with Alex Kidd being in the game. I think he should be in every, every single one of these games, and he has been, so good on him. Any thoughts on Alex before we move on to who we really want to talk about? No, it makes sense. He has a nice little work motorcycle moped here. I, It's fine. I just don't like his redesign. That's it. I mean, I didn't like it in the tennis one either. Just saying, like, Sumo's uh, right. Alex Kidd is atrocious. Atrocious. So, next... <laughs> Uh-oh. Who's this guy? He... Is that Sega Bits? I didn't know we were in the game. That's right. So, big thing was uh, Sumo Digital approached um, approached us, and they were like, hey, we want to put your mascot in our game. Yeah. No. This is, of course, Opa Opa from Fantasy Zone, and he was kind of like the final unlock. He was the kind of big mystery character in the game. And he also, in my eyes, kind of controls the way the game probably played when it was first tested because he flies when you drift. There's absolutely no sign of him drifting outside of looking at his little um, jet engine, like changing colors. Oh, yeah. So he's a very difficult character to play as, but if you master him, he can be a force to be reckoned with. I've... I've found him to be probably number two to the Bonanza Brothers in terms of just, like, how good he plays. Um, his all-star move is the parts shop, which I think is really cool. <laughs> you get to pick what kind of weapon you uh, you use. What What are your memories of playing as Opa Opa? I, you know what? I didn't play him as much because, like you said, he was kind of weird to control. I love the character, obviously, but, like... In this game, I had to see where I was, where my feet were at. No, you know, I mean, you know, the wheels. Mm -hmm. So this one was a little yeah. hard to play as. So I always stuck with the vehicle, especially when you get so good at the game. I didn't want to like try to like oh rethink my brain, so I just kept on playing the vehicle characters. So I didn't play with them that much, but I do appreciate the you know uh, inclusion of this character because I, I you know. This is really obscure because, like, Opa Opa is not popular in America. He had some popularity in Japan, but this game was obviously aimed at a Western audience, oddly enough. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Happy but, and surprised. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so that, that rounds out the main rods roster. Um, and uh, in the promotion of the game... Producer Omar Woodley confirmed that there would be DLC for the 360 and PS3 versions of the game. However, Steve Lysette said that uh, there would not be DLC on the Wii version due to storage limits. So right there, you know, sorry Wii owners, that's what you get. 
Um, so what was that DLC? Well, there was a DLC pack that was released in April of 2010 featuring Metal Sonic as a playable character, along with a Death Egg Hanger track, which was a uh, which was great because it wasn't a Sonic Heroes track, which all the other Sonic tracks were in the game. That's true. Um, and on top of that, Rystar made a cameo appearance standing alongside the track, and I think I was one of the first people to notice him to stop and like post pictures to the the forum so there's my little claim to fame um another bit of dlc was ryo hazuki and you're like oh wait wasn't he in the game but no so this was a pre-order bonus this actually got me to pre-order the game this and what it is is it's real i i I do believe so i think this is what drove me to want to get the game early and i'm actually going to check my receipt here maybe it has the dlc code let's see no, it doesn't. I got it at EB Games, though, which I did not know was still, like, a place that exists. Um, but regardless, I, I got Rio, and what it is is it's him in his forklift. It's basically just his all-star move, but as a default vehicle. So, you know, that's an easy thing to do. And it actually makes me wish they did it for some other characters, like uh, Alex Kidd could have been in his alternate vehicle. Um, you know, some other characters, too, I'm sure. Eggman in his flying vehicle. Um, So, you know. All right, so players could also race as their console avatars on the Xbox 360 and Nintendo Wii with the Mii. And a little fun fact uh, is that Steve Lysette actually voiced the male avatar characters. So we've got some images of them here. Yeah, I don't know who did the female ones, though. Probably Um, him. So for the... the 360, I believe it was called the Avacar. Uh, I'd have to check here. Yeah, it was the um, Avacar 720, which is kind of funny because the 360 is, you know, that's yeah. 360 times 2. And I think some people speculated the uh, next console would be called the Xbox 720. Maybe I'm getting my math wrong, but in any case. Um, which is a Mi, dumb name. Meanwhile, <laughs> guess what the name of the Mi vehicle was? Me too? I don't know. The Super Zoomer. <laughs> okay, Boomer. All right. Right? Which is kind of like what the new generation is called. Oh, we're Super Zoomers. Yeah, um, well, they drive But those were fun. Car. Those were fun because what you could do is you could dress them up to like look like Sega characters and kind of cosplay, especially with the 360 version, which had like um, DLC for your avatars themselves. Um and I remember in the sequel, and this is actually why I want to pick the Wii U version up of Transformed, the uh, sequel had an avatar vehicle for the Wii or for the Wii U that looked like mini Outrun cars. Do you remember that? I think I do remember that. I, I did not. Yeah. Play too, I didn't play too much of it, so yeah, I. That's pretty cool. I don't. I didn't yeah. buy it on Wii so U. You, so. I remember people though. They would make like the. Um, the outrun guy, you know, they'd give him like blonde hair and sunglasses, and then they would put him in the red car, and it'd be like, "Look, I got." And there was an outrun track, so yeah, if, if you want to scratch that itch, that's that's what you got to do. Um, speaking of avatars, the Xbox 360 Marketplace, as I mentioned, had clothing items and accessories for your avatar. I actually bought quite a few of these, and I still have them on my character when I boot up my 360 here. Uh, let's take a look at some of them here. There's there's a lot more than just this, but 
They had everything from a full racing outfit that you could put together to a little RC vehicle that didn't appear in the game, but your character could play with it when you booted up your console. Um, II, like II's backpack and shirt. Um, there was also Rio's jacket and then a Sega shirt and a uh, Billy Hatcher hat. Um, I like the Billy Hatcher so hat. Lots, yeah, lots of fun items, and it was really cool that they actually translated over to when your your avatar would actually drive the vehicle in the game. Um, my character was wearing the Samba de Amigo hat and then Ryo Hazuki's jacket, so that was kind of my look. But, um, yeah, and actually... Um, and I'm blanking on his name, but he used to work for Sega Europe um, community team. He was recent. I, I tweeted out a picture of the Billy Hatcher one, and he was talking about. He retweeted it and talked about uh, how they were actually the ones pitching those items. So that's pretty cool. I think he talked about a little crab meat that you could control, you know, from Sonic. Nice. So I was going to tell you. Very cool. Does the Sonic, mm-hmm. does this Xbox Series X support these still? Like, are they still doing the Avatar stuff? Because, I mean, Microsoft kind of feels oh. like they forgot about it, right? No, so the Avatar has kind of disappeared with the Xbox One. I think you can make them with the One, but they're not, like, really present. And this game's actually not backwards compatible. And how I know that is that I put color-coded stickers on my 360 titles to remind me which ones play and this one doesn't have any so it's unfortunate i think this game is due for a port to modern consoles i mean if if they don't give us a third title at least give us like a remastering of the original all-stars racing which is in dire need of it um so yeah and you'll notice a severe lack of exclusives for the PlayStation 3. So, I know at the time, didn't they have the home, PlayStation home, like yeah. super realistic avatars? Yeah, but that's that <laughs> was totally different, a different idea. And uh, I guess it didn't work mm-hmm. out because uh, we, we've never seen it after the PS3 and they shut it down. I mean, mm-hmm. the idea of like, it's funny because like, isn't that what Metaverse is trying to be or VR chat kind of in a way? So pretty much, it, yeah. Only the only problem was that the PlayStation Home, everything took forever to load. Like to get into the like anything, it was like here to be waiting like five minutes to uh, get in. So it it's not a fun experience. So an mm-hmm. avatar is super simple, and it, and it was pretty interesting how Microsoft got them to integrate companies to integrate it with games so soon because like. Right. The Wii was kind of built from the ground up with uh, the Wii, the Mii's in mind, and uh, Xbox mm-hmm. wasn't. They like updated everything into it. So, yeah, got to give them props for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, for me, as much crap as we were giving Banjo Kazooie on the cover, I think the 360 version is the kind of ultimate console version, just because of those additions, because of the. Um, custom soundtracks that you can do and also just because i think it probably still has the strongest online multiplayer community that you can still tap into like you can still get people to come on and play with you uh this whereas of course with the wii that's not going to happen anytime soon um all right let's talk about the tracks 
So I've got a video of just like a super cut of track intro footage. We can have that playing as we talk about them. Um, so the base game featured 24 unique tracks with Metal Sonic DLC pushing it to 25. And this sounds like a lot, but the game actually reused assets quite liberally. So, oh, yeah. you know, despite Sonic, Sonic headlined the game, but um, only three locations all pulled from Sonic Heroes accounted for all the Sonic tracks. So that's Seaside Hill with three tracks, Casino Park with three tracks, and then Final Fortress with three tracks. So that's nine tracks from three stages from one Sonic game. Which is... Ridiculous. Eh, ridiculous. Um, other Sega franchises did the same with three Billy Hatcher tracks, which, Lame. you know, frustrates us. Three Super Monkey Ball tracks, which, to be honest, were ver- kind of varied between each other, at least. Three House of the Dead, Curian Mansion tracks, and then three Jet Set Radio Future tracks. And finally, three Samba de Amigo tracks. And what about in addition... What about what about yeah, she, Bonanza Bros? Okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> In addition, multiplayer battle arena locations were based on select tracks found within the game. Um, and I, I will say it's worth noting that despite the lack of variety, I think Sumo did an admirable job mostly in making tracks unique enough within each franchise. I think Billy Hatcher was not that, but I don't know. I felt like the the casino tracks and like the jet set radio ones and samba de amigo like you know they felt like different locations at least within the world even super monkey ball was a little different like i think there was like a volcano one and then like a an island one but yeah it's just it, it was not varied and you mentioned what about ooh la la and i remember at the time i was like why don't you do a space channel 5 track that's just in an asteroid field so few assets are needed you just need a star field and a like glowing track, and then asteroids. Why not do a, a space harrier track where it's just straight up, like two D looking graphics, and you're just driving straight ahead and dodging things? Like, yeah. I mean, would you say this is the weakest element of the game? Is the track selection? One hundred percent. I think even back then, people's complaints were valid about this game's tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could have done a lot better. I think they got a lot better after this. But like you said, it was just like, do we need this many Billy Hatcher levels, especially in the snow? I get it. You guys hate snow. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. Um, I agree with you. I, yeah, this is. I'm trying to think this is the weakest point. But yeah, I think it is the weakest point of the game for sure. Yeah, it's just... There, there were so many possibilities, and you look at the characters. Honestly, I think they should have taken a look at the roster of characters and been like, all right, we need a track representing at least half of these characters. Like, if we're going to put Alex Kidd in, try an Alex Kidd track. If we're going to put, uh, I don't know, like, who else was there? Bonanza Brothers. Yeah. Like, do a weird, like, 16 or 8-bit track, something like that. They just didn't, and I think Transformed fixed that problem, but yeah, in this case, like the fact that we were excited to get Metal Sonic DLC, because it was like Death Egg Zone, which is a classic area, and even then it still kind of looked like Sonic Heroes, you know, yeah. it didn't help it much. Um, so, you know, I, we've covered the weakest element of the game. Let's talk about what I think is the strongest element, 
uh, and really the make-or-break element for a racing game, and that's the gameplay itself. So Sumo, they were coming off of OutRun 2. It's no surprise that they really hit it out of the park in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. The game's much more approachable for the casual fan, but has enough complexities in the arcade controls to make it a worthy title for racing purists. Uh, The addition of weapons was not necessary, but it was a welcome addition, and it does make for fun vehicular combat. It's just a shame that the weapons themselves were not Sega-inspired at all. Okay. Uh, And this is an issue that would carry on to the sequel as well. I take Mm -hmm. that back. This is the weakest part of the game. The power-ups. You know what? You made a great point. So many, like, mm-hmm. the achievements are oozing with fan service, yet the power-ups are just generic ball, glove, baseball glove. It's like, right, it's lame. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, I was kind of defending it, saying, well, you know, they need to make something their own in this game. Like, it can't all be ripped from other Sega titles. But, you know, you look at it, and you're like, you know, we're over 10 years on now from this game. Are we ever going to look back and go, oh, green boxing glove? That evokes all-stars. Oh, yeah. Me. Like, obviously, no. Um, and, you know, I don't think... I mean, so here, listen to this. So Lee, Steve Lysette actually had this to say about weapons in an interview he had with Nintendo Life at the time. Um, they asked, were there any inspirations drawn from Mario Kart? And he says, well, the odd thing is that All-Stars Racing actually started off as a pure racer. There were no weapons or all-star moves. We added the all-star moves first as a means of helping trailing players get back into the race, but people were enjoying those so much that we also then added the weapons in to spice things up. I know we've drawn a lot of comparisons as a result, but I think we've done it uh, done a very Sega game. It's a lot faster, much more animated, and we've really pulled in the DNA from games like OutRun through the drifting and handling, and well, yes, we do have some similar concepts for weapons, when you actually look at the mechanics of what you can do with weapons within a racing game, I think we carved our own path. And I, I think right there he says it was a late addition, and I think that right there is kind of like why more thought wasn't put into it. I think if this was an early edition, like straight right out of the gate, they would have been doing like Puyo Puyo, Badniks. I, I, I'm just kind of surprised that they didn't just use Badniks for the most part because it's such an easy enemy designed to apply to anything because Sonic has had you know 20 years plus of history <laughs> that they could draw on. I um, I have to agree like just the idea of every power up being an invention from Eggman would have been cool like even if they're unique inventions for this game um, like the robotic hand power glove or whatever would have been cooler if it was like a classic Eggman robot design for example way better than just a random generic glove and uh yeah and you hear the question is how does it compare to outrun i think sega all-stars racing compares a lot to it and you could tell there's a lot of inspiration from outrun 2 in this game uh the drifting and handling Mm. for sure and as far as how it compares to sonic team sonic racing which i always call sonic team racing um that one sucks. I'm sorry. There's no fan service. This is like the opposite compared to uh, Sonic Team Racing. I, I don't know. Is there any stands out there that actually like uh, Team Sonic Racing and think it's one of the best racing games Sonic's been in? I, I think I'll throw a poll out there. 
uh, after we record, and I'd be interested to see if people pick that over the other two. Um, Me too. Maybe Sonic purists, people who are like, oh, I hate when uh, I hate when they have all these non-Sonic characters in the game. Finally, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's always someone out there. I mean, you ask me which is your favorite um, Sonic Riders game, and <laughs> I'd probably be the one person to say the Connect one. <laughs> oh no! Just because I I'm not a huge Sonic Riders fan, but um, yeah, they also had a Nintendo DS version, as I mentioned. Um, this version had several changes from the uh, console version, mainly making tracks simpler. Uh, All-star moves were also simplified. Vehicles, as I mentioned, with multiple characters was whittled down to one. And there were also iOS and Android ports that were released based on the DS version. I don't know if I have playable versions of those anymore, so it's good to pick up the DS version. It's actually a very solid uh, port to um, the DS. And as you mentioned, you feel like you're playing a Saturn game because of the graphics, which is kind of fun. Um... The music is translated pretty well. Like it's it's kind of interesting to hear how they took these you know like orchestral soundtracks and just like downgraded them to uh, DS blips and bloops. Um, but yeah, if you really want to see a weird console version, I have here footage of a Java version made oh. by GameLoft. If you want to throw some footage of that up there, it's uh, it's interesting. I don't want to say it's rough. Um, but if you skip ahead to maybe a minute in, you can see what the graphics look like. It actually looks like if Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing oh was on God. the uh, SNES. The Game Gear, Doesn't right it? Yeah, it's like a weird um, like 16-bit, low-budget version. Though the character but portraits... But there's some fun stuff. The character portraits are weird. Like, there's like mud coming up on the screen, which is kind of a fun thing. There's some... like. You go into a giant Eggman head, so the tracks themselves are all like. Oh, that's cool. Unique. It's not Sonic Heroes that you're racing through in this. It's very clearly like a. Green Hill Zone? I don't know. It's like Green Hill Zone, but there's Sonic statues, things like that. <laughs> um, he's, he's been there so much, they just made a statue of him, so. If you skip ahead to 10 minutes in. The, I presume, Jet Set Radio Future track looks like something out of um, Virtual Racing. It's oh, actually yeah. kind of cool looking. Yeah. So, and it, it's kind of fun too because the uh, stage shifts from night to day when you go through tunnels, which is kind of fun. So, so is this you know, like the ultimate I mean, version? <laughs> this is the ultimate version. But I, the, the thing I absolutely love about this game is just how many times it was ported. It's almost like if I was teaching a class in porting games, I'd be like, yeah, play every single version of Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and come back with uh, a five-page essay. Because there's just so many interesting changes, omissions, alterations they made between the versions. And I think the Game Loft one is... Definitely an interesting one to to check out. I might actually download a um, Java, I don't know, yeah, emulator and play it myself. Um, So upon release, the game received positive scores, averaging averaging around 8 out of 10. However, many reviewers drew comparisons to Mario Kart rather than Sega's own racing lineage, uh, despite these comparisons typically being in favor of Sega. A common complaint was that the game did not dip into Sega lore and characters as much as it could have, and the game was also commonly 
said to be the best kart racer on the 360 and PS3, though not quite the Mario Kart killer. Um, so where do you fall on these Mario Kart comparisons? And do you think Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing uh, does things where Mario Kart failed? I kind of stand that they're different games, really. Like the drifting, the controls, everything like that. Uh, yeah, not the same in my opinion. Um, I think the comparisons, they're valid because, I mean, let's be honest. Like there is some stuff they take from Mario. And like I said in the beginning, I think that's fine. I think there's stuff that Mario mm-hmm. could learn from Sega games, right? So I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you know, copying. I don't think I think that it's been going on since the beginning of video game history. Right, and it's worth noting too that at the time Mario Kart Wii released in two thousand eight was actually the most current title in the franchise, and actually did not review very well. It was getting like eight out of tens, which for a game that's being said as like the ultimate kart racer and better than All Stars Racing Transformed. It's it's getting on par, if not worse, reviews than All Stars Racing. <laughs> you know, like wow, um, yeah, you know. And I I don't know was Double Dash beloved. I'm not a huge Mario Kart guy. You know what? When I played it, when it came out, not a big fan, but seems like it actually aged pretty well. A lot of fans really seem to like it. Um, they ha- I guess it has that right. unique two player in one cart uh, mechanic. I remember playing when it came out. I thought I had all right fun with it, but I wasn't like super into it. But then again, I always feel like Mario games handle really well, but like the content is really shallow in the game. So you play it a bit and you're like, all right, cool. I'm done. Um, But couldn't, I mean, you could kind of say Mario Kart was kind of in a slump at this point. If we're talking about like people calling it the ultimate and then it's getting like reviews on par with the game that they're claiming is not up to par. With Mario Kart. I, I mean, I will say sales-wise, uh, Mario Kart's insane. I don't understand who's buying these games or where, but like, I think the last Mario game, the, what, 8 or whatever? 7, maybe? No, it's mm-hmm. 8. The, the one that got... 7 was uh, 3DS exclusive. Yeah, so 8. I think 7 was, uh, before, was the highest-selling one on 3DS, and then... 8 came out and it was on Switch and it's like the highest selling Wii U game and Switch game. So it's like massive. Uh, it's crazy. It sold like at least a million uh, like a hundred million copies I think. I don't know. That's obviously a little overboard. <laughs> that is but, insane. But yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the game soundtrack. Let's oh, move away hell from yeah. that Mario guy. Um, well, actually, there's not too much to say about it. So the game soundtrack was actually largely pulled from previous titles, which, Smart. you know, it this works. It's not like you're going to get a All-Stars Racing soundtrack with a bunch of new beats, you know, that you're going to enjoy. I think the sequel did that, though it was a little like, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Sega has a strong history of great music, so it makes sense to pull directly from those classic games. Uh, I think my favorite element was the fact that you could pick which music track you listened to before you raced. And a lot of those were from classic titles. So even though the courses themselves were all from Sonic heroes, for example, you could listen to tracks from Sonic R and Sonic CD, which, which was fun. Um, And the game also featured custom soundtracks. And I actually did a video 
back in the day when Big the Cat was playable, if you want to throw that up here, I had um, Big Racing to his theme song from Sonic Adventure, and people were very happy to see this. You recorded your you TV? Because this was 2010. Well, they have capture cards. But watch this move. Watch this move. Watch, watch, watch. So keep it playing because at about 30 seconds in, I make this most insane jump. Look at that. (laughs) You're so proud of yourself. Look at his tail. I am because I've tried to replicate that ever since and I can't. It's such a difficult jump to pull off, but you basically skip ahead a big portion of the track there. So, yeah. Custom soundtracks, big fan. Um, as far as unique music for the game, thanks to his work on Sonic R, Richard Jacques was the perfect choice for the original music found in this game, including the intro and menu themes. And he also, I believe, did music for Sega Superstars Tennis, which, as we all know, you can sing Sega Superstars Tennis to the music, <laughs> which is always fun. Sega superstars tennis you know um all right and then perhaps the oddest addition was the the end credits music the best so much more from bentley jones jones was best known to sonic fans prior a legendary musician uh best known to sonic fans for his um performance of silver's theme dreams of an absolution in sonic the hedgehog 2006 do you recall any drama around the announcement of Bentley Jones? Yeah, I was pissed off and I was complaining on the internet with everyone else when this when this was announced because uh, right. his music, like, come on, how are you going to put him on a Sega product? Like, I literally never even heard of this guy outside of Sega. Have you? Like, if he wasn't in any Sega property, would you be like, I, Bentley Jones fan right here? I love his new, his new album. I don't want to... I don't want to throw too much shade, but I think he had friends within Sega Europe who were trying to get him gigs. I just think if we're talking a Sega and Sonic racing game, Richard Jock is right there. Yeah. The dude made some of the most iconic Sonic R music. All the iconic Sonic R music. It was all him. Um, bring TJ Davis back. I think that's her name. And have her sing a new song. Or, you know, Tekanobu Mitsuyoshi, bring him in and have him do a new song. Or Crush 40, who actually did make a pretty decent song for uh, Team no, no, Sonic no, no, Racing no. with Greenlight Ride. Why would you do all that when you could have the legendary Sega composer Bentley Jones make a music video, brand new hit song? Come on. Right. <laughs> and then well, well, and then on top of that, the lyrics, too. What did that have to do with racing? I've got to be so much more than that. Well, in any case, he got the gig, and I don't know how much Sumo liked the soundtrack, but they definitely buried it, because it only plays when you complete a cup very briefly, and then if you select play end credits. So, you know, we can't escape it, though. There was a music video competition. So weird. And if if you search on YouTube, Bentley Jones, so much more, like, music video contest... You will see some of the cringiest. Can we play it? Yeah, we'll play it. It's four minutes. We're not going to watch the whole thing, are we? No, no. We can watch the first 30 seconds and then skip ahead to the last oh, I'm 30 seconds. Oh, I'm playing minute. it. 
I'm playing it. So, wait, this is a fan video? Yeah, so this was a contest entry. It is like wow. six white guys. I almost thought it was a camera trick where it was the same guy playing every role, and but it's all, clearly not. And they're wearing those glasses, the like the those weird glasses that wrap around that like dads wear. Mm-hmm. And they're all overacting. I'm, I don't mean to slam on these kids. It's just so hard to watch. It's so cringy. This guitar playing. Okay, they're rocking. And then skip, skip <laughs> ahead to like 420. Let's let's give the stoners some love here. 420. That's where it gets good. They took off their shirts and they're all broing out. Damn, they're ripped. <laughs> well, one of them maybe is ripped. Okay, stop it. I can't watch this. What? And this is the one that won. No, it's one of them, though. It's the, the cringiest one. So, way, way to go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone says they're <laughs> freaking awesome, dude. On the comments, they're like, this is freaking awesome. One of the best music videos I've ever seen. George, this is also, this is the internet. And you can throw up the, like, I could do the worst attempt at a Sonic Adventure 3 cover art, and everyone's going to tell me I did a great job. It's Not everyone. This not is, me. I'm sorry I'm turning this in, I'm sorry I'm, tu- I'm turning this into Barry's Beef, um, which is a new segment on Sega News Bits Live. But it's like, you can't just give some constructive criticism when something awful goes out there because people will get angry. But, like, this video is so bad. No, it, it's, um, it's pretty right. amazing, actually. I think... Um, yeah, good for them. Way to go. At least they tried. You know, they did more than I've ever done in my life. Well, um, yeah. You, I want to see right. your shirtless video contest entry next time. I'm <laughs> too hairy. Okay. Um, so, as as far as new characters, let's, let's shift over. Um, the closest we got in the game was the announcer. Uh-huh. And this is a bombastic guy who sounds just like... John Madden, in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, some fans found him annoying, which led to him being toned down in the sequel by being replaced with a completely different, like, basic announcer. But let's let's enjoy some uh, audio samples from this legend. Oh, God. Who, I still don't know his name. Let's listen to some Sonic of them. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Yeah, racing. I can see why he's annoying. Starring... Me. Me. Eggman's going all-star. Women and children to the lifeboats. Me first. Eggman <laughs> decides it's rocket time. Well, my friends, we've got an all-star loose. And when we're an all-star, no one can hear you scream. Okay, so these are pretty good. Amy, honey, aim. Amy punishing <laughs> thin air. A crazy miss from our crazy taxi. You're too slow, Joe. <laughs> Beat. Missing. Maybe Aren't these great? Yeah. Big Why do people hate him? For big. Come on. How big miss that? Skip Eggman to three minutes. There's a great one. Three minutes. Migo, quit monkeying around and change direction. Yo, BD Joe, wrong way, pal. Is BD that the one with Joe the the, the monkey? The full of Amigo? Full of dumb. Wait, wait, wait. No, it's three. Wait. BD, he says, BD Joe opening a can of dumbass. Yeah, that's what I heard right now. Okay, did that one actually make it? I don't know. There's some pretty now, good ones in here, BD though. Joe um, opening a can but yeah, so what, what did you think of the announcer? 
I actually kind of found him annoying like everyone else did when it first came out. But, like, now that I'm listening back to some of the stuff, I actually kind of feel nostalgic about the announcer. Is that weird? Like, it's come... No, it's not weird. Because it's, like, almost like Jackie. I found him as an annoying character and I played him as a joke. But then now I see his lines, Mm -hmm. like, I'm faster than lightning as a nostalgic. So, yeah. Same thing So, let's say you're... Let's say you're like you're working at Sumo Digital and, you know, early on they're like, we got to replace this guy. Who would you put in? And I I will answer first. Um, It's a toss up. I would either because they were kind of new at the time. The Mad World announcers, I think, would be really fun. Yeah. Uh, I also would lean towards um, a duo, a team up of um, Ulala or Pudding. If if Ulala is a racer, you could have Pudding. And um, Professor K. I think having like a prim and proper girl and then like the more down and dirty Professor K together would be really funny. And or the crazy taxi guy. I think uh, the problem with Professor K is that he screams the whole time. So it could be a little annoying because he has to like deliver his lines in a over the top fashion every time. But I guess, you know, it could be... uh, fix with having ooh la la to kind of offset that so maybe mm-hmm. yeah um oh did you know there's an arcade version of the game it is titled sonic and sega all-stars racing arcade and it actually ran on sega's ring-wide arcade hardware which i believe at the time like crazy conspiracy theorists was saying was going to be the dreamcast 2 hardware um, there was a guy who constantly spammed our forums. I, I don't know what his deal was, but he's like, Ringwide Dreamcast 2 is coming soon. Oh, yeah, um, I remember that guy. This, he was insane. Uh, maybe he made that music video. Um, <laughs> this arcade hardware, or this game was released in 2011 to arcades. It was a stripped-down version of the console release with fewer characters and tracks and three arcade modes. And we actually have some gameplay footage here. Yeah. I'm... Of the arcade version. Not too much to see, but you know, it looks like it looks like the game <laughs> with insert coin uh logos there. What do you think about how they uh like port these games over now to like arcades and then they like take stuff away instead of being the opposite where it would come out in arcades first and then people would want to play it in arcades and then it would come out a console in the stripped down version, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that because I, I think the opposite would be there's an arcade exclusive character and then we never see them again. And yeah. it's like lost to time. So I, I'd prefer a stripped down version. I actually, like, if a game starts in arcades and it's ported to consoles, I like to see more content added. And the reverse of that, if a game starts on consoles and goes to arcades, I'd hate to see, like... Like, imagine, like, there's unique tracks, and like, oh, the OutRun track is only in arcades. You go, but I want that. <laughs> I have to... Um, I actually agree. I actually think it's cool, because, I mean, most people don't go to arcades anymore. Like, even when we were kids, we mm-hmm. and there was the height of popularity, we couldn't afford to go all the time to play every game we wanted. And at least with right. a home console, you can, so that's cool. I'm cool with that. Now, you'll notice we never talked about story, and that's because the game actually lacks one. But, you know, before we close this out, let's let's say 
the game did have a story. How how would you have it play out? See, that's the hard part, right, with these games is uh, getting these crossovers to have meaningful stories for each character and represent them good enough and giving them a plot that makes sense for their universe. Uh, I think they should play more on the interactions than the story. Like, the idea of, like, oh, they're just here, right? But they kind of talk to each other and you see these interactions that is fan service. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been the best bet. I think uh, that we talked about Sonic and All-Star... Uh, Sonic and Mario... No, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. And one of them we talked about was the uh-huh. one where they did the retro one where they got they got pixelated, remember? For the last game on the, on the Switch. Yeah. I thought they did it great because you saw some of the characters interact with each other for the first time or in a different way than you've seen them in the past. And I thought it made it interesting. But yeah, that's what, how I would do it. What about you, Barry? How would you do a story for this game? I I maybe would kind of go like the the Project Cross Zone route where it's just suddenly like portals open and characters can like enter other worlds. Um, and then maybe you could just create some main villain who's like bringing them all together. I think something that simple could happen. I also think in the sequel with Transformed, they had Wreck-It Ralph in it, so maybe they could go the Wreck-It Ralph route and they all know their video game characters and they're just all jumping into each other's games. Like, you could do something that simple. That'd be cool. Um, and then that way, it, it like, explains away, like, Rio. Like, how did Rio get there? Isn't he trying to find his father? <laughs> Father's killer? Uh, <laughs> uh, at the time of release... Jazzwares actually had the license for Sonic, which meant All-Stars Racing had some toys. Uh, so I have a link here. We can actually take a look at... These really small um, photos. Some of... Super small photos. But these are basically action figures that were boxed with their vehicles. Which is cool. Um, I don't own any of these. They're kind of cool looking, though. There's four of them. So they had Sonic, Knuckles, Shadow, and Tails, I think... I think of the three, I kind of wish I picked up, I don't know, maybe the Sonic one, because that car is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, But they did make tiny ones, which I do have on hand. So they did this really cool uh, pack, which was, and you know, say what you will about Jazzwares quality, but they had this cool box that looked like a portion of the racetrack. I've thrown it away since, but it's, it's actually pretty cool. And it had Sonic... And I forgot who else came with it. Maybe Tails. I have a little Tails here. And then I think it was either... A, oh, it was Beat who was exclusive to that pack. So there's a little Beat here. Nice. And then they also had Eggman in it, in his monster truck. Um, and then they had little, like, single characters. So there was Amigo. Super tiny little... <laughs> oh, there he is. Super Ooh. tiny little Amigo. And then there was I.I. There he is on his little banana car. There's Amy. Oh. And then there's Knuckles. Hey, how you doing? My name's Knuckles. I own And then finally, uh, there's... My name's Shadow. What's up, guys? Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Um, So they're fun. They're cute. It's kind of funny, though, because you take uh, Beat and you have him driving next to Sonic. And Sonic's like like a... Disney, a character at Disney World in like a mascot costume compared to the beat. He's so tiny, but I don't know. It's fun. It's like one of the 
few times that like Amigo ever got a toy. That's which true. is kind of fun. Yeah. So you know, but yeah, I've I've long learned that if you see a Sonic toy you like, pick it up because these things, like you go on eBay now and it's like Sonic toy. Six hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god! You know? I think everything kind of nerdy has gone up, right? Like Dreamcast prices are yeah. obscene right now. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So that's 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 my little show and tell. We also have some commercials. Ew! And, commercials. You know, they brainwash you. I don't want to watch this. I might want to play the game. Well, I maybe mean, it's a good thing. Well, the, <laughs> it's funny because you know I, I thought Sega's marketing for this game was pretty good, but. When I look on YouTube, half the commercials were actually people filming off of their TV. Like, Sega was not uploading commercials as they do now. Um, This first one, though, is a direct upload. No, 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 this one's filmed off a TV. So let's give, give this one a watch. Wow. It's kind of fun, though, because they film it as though you're watching an actual race on TV. And Rio's in it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So would this be the first time that Rio Hazuki was, like, on TV since, like, 2000? Did, Probably. I mean... <laughs> like, I don't know if Xbox gave them a commercial. They, 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 had a, they had these weird Xbox Japanese commercials, but, like, in the United States, right? Is what right. you mean. Um, yeah, I think this might be the first time in a long time that he was on. But not only that, like, not only him, I, I was looking at... Well, I always had commercials before. Never mind. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. trying to see anyone else here that's more obscure. Bonanza Brothers weren't featured in here, right? No. Oh, well. I don't think so. It would have been funny, though, if they were like, the Bonanza Brothers are here. Boy, everybody um, knows the Bonanza Brothers. Oh, wait, Opa Opa? Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Sorry, go on. This next one, it's a minute-long commercial that Sega... Actually... Or somebody actually did upload. The, okay, so I'll play it. It has the old Sega But it's in logo. a different language. Oh, great. Oh, it's like German? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Wow, the quality is horrible. Most videos were in 2010. Yeah. This is just the way we saw the world. (laughs) (laughs) What is this, like, 144p, best quality. So, like, before this, people saw in black and white in the 60s, or, I mean, before the 60s, and now this is how we used to see the world pixelated. Pretty much. This is, but you know, it, it just kind of shows the CG intro. It's fine. I, I think the previous commercial was better. It's crazy how much uh, they actually put non-Sonic characters in the forefront in these ads. Mm-hmm. Like, here's yeah. Richard Fighter characters. No words though. Kind of weird, right? Yeah, and it's, and it's just the CG stuff, which is kind of strange. Like, it doesn't really show off the in-game graphics at all, which uh, you'd think would be the selling point. But I, I think this last commercial is probably the best. Uh, it does have Sega's... Oh, really? Sega seemed very proud of this of one. It, so yeah. we can check this okay, one out. Okay, let me see. Yeah. Oh, wow, Ryu. Yes, who is it? 
It's real. Ah, the have ocean. You, have you seen this classic? No. Hey, real. What's oh, up? the voice acting. So it's real. Oh, sure. Come on in. Cook. Can't. I'm in a hurry. Can I use your motorcycle? My motorcycle. The music is so epic in this game. Catch. Thanks. Don't drive too fast. I won't. Later. <laughs> Good edit. Yeah, there he goes, driving too fast. Don't drive too fast. I won't. That should have been the commercial. That should have been the commercial. Well, okay, yeah. Obviously, I made that video, but what, what I love about that, if you go down to the comments, Sega actually replied. They said, everyone in the community team here at Sega loved this. Great job. And I was told by, I don't know, it wasn't Aaron, but it was one of the community people. They said, we saw this and we said we should have made this the reveal video for like Ryo Hazuki. They were like, why didn't we do that? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know. Oh, I see. I see you're not that. like me, but... They, they gotta have big brains. So, good times. They gotta have big brains. That's why. Yeah. So, but anyway, that that kind of does it for Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing. It's kind of became an epic podcast, I think, just because there were so many characters to talk about. But uh, George, do you have any final thoughts before we get into the Patreon memories? You know, in the start, they said that the sequel Transforms wasn't up to par. I think it's more of a mixed bag. You know, uh, I do like the more focus on just racing on the ground and racing in cars. I'm not mm -hmm. a big fan of, you know, changing to a ship and flying. I think the concept's cool. I think the execution needed more time to get the controls right and transformed. So I appreciate mm -hmm. I appreciate this game just being more of a racing thing. And I hope that the next game just focuses on trying to get the racing to feel as polished as possible. And later, maybe, once they get that going, they could work on maybe ships and then flying. And then if you could get those, f then do it. But I like this game. I think the ra the pure racing aspect makes me r come back to it. And the exclusive characters that are really obscure is a really nice touch. And that's my final thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think Transformed is a solid sequel. I think it's actually a very Sega sequel in the sense that it really is ambitious and tries to do new things. You know, it's it's kind of like how Sonic 2 built on Sonic 1, Virtua Fighter 2 built on Virtua Fighter 1. So I don't fault that game at all for trying to do something new and different. I think by and large it succeeded. I think Transform's a bigger feeling game. I think it nails some of the more fan service track bits but when it when it comes down to just pure arcade style racer i think sonic and sega all-stars racing definitely nails that solid game uh kicked off a excellent two titles and a okay third one um and i really hope we return to it and i'm interested to see what our patreon members have to say so daniel andres he says this game is honestly how I first heard of Ryo Hazuki. No wow. joke. At the time, I had no idea who he was at first. 
at, um, at when I first heard his name, I didn't think much of it. I honestly and embarrassingly thought he was sort of a Street Fighter character or something. Obviously a lot has changed since then and this game was one of my first exposures I had to Sega's history. Wow. This is where I first saw the Crazy Taxi, Choo Choo Rocket, and Golden Axe characters. This game has a lot of nostalgic fun attached to it, but nothing lasts forever. The people who I first played this game with are no longer being a part of my life, and one of them sadly changed my life in devastating ways. But that aside, I do really love Sonic or Sega and Sonic All-Stars Racing, and I hope to make newfound memories with this game as well. Oh boy, well I hope you can too, and you know what? I think we might be due for like a community game night. Like maybe we just say like at this time, if you have a 360 version of the game, jump online, let's play a game. Maybe we can make some new memories for Daniel. Uh, Nicholas Schaefer says, when Sumo Digital did the Tennis All-Stars game, I remember thinking, this is good, but I would rather have a Sega All-Stars fighting or racing game. And while I'm still waiting on a good fighter, this game blew me away. While it didn't have the same kind of polish of Mario Kart, it definitely felt it had more soul. Mario Kart has slowly become complacent, but this was a fresh and new and so much um, from Sega franchises, and not just the big ones that were front and center at the time. It laid the groundwork for Transformed, which to this day is the best kart racing game there is in my opinion, and I really hope we see a return to this series. Well, I do too. And you know, it's, it's not the end. We will be returning to the world of Sonic Racing eventually. Um, we will hit Transformed. We will hit Team Sonic Racing. And you know what, George? I think we need to hit Sonic R at some point, oh. too. So maybe that'll be happening. I will say, though... Sooner than later. The uh, fighting game thing, I think Sega should have done yeah. that uh, meta versus game that's being popular right now. It's just like... It's so sad because I feel like I could already see the Sega characters in that game. But it is what it is. It sure is. And, George, do you know what we're covering next week? Do you want me to announce it? It's your, You're going to be covering you, it. You announce it. Because I obviously know. All right. So I ep- look on the calendar all the episode, time. <laughs> episode 103 is going to be Sonic Rush. <gasps> George will be hosting that one. Oh, I know that. And then game. I did drop the hint, and I might as well, I might as well announce it. Um, episode 104 after that is going to be Sonic R. Ooh. So we're going to go back in time to another world, and we're going to be talking about Sonic's first racing outing with Richard Jacques uh, at the keyboard. So that'll be fun. So until then, we'll see you. Don't forget to hit us up on Patreon, YouTube, Twitter, all that Skype, stuff. Discord. Microsoft Office. Microsoft Teams. Uh, Zoom. Uh, everything. Teams. We'll be on Teams. Yeah. See you guys on Teams. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>